want you to hit me as hard as you can. When it comes to the all-time biggest superhero movie debacles, let's be real. The garish and gargantuan Green Lantern is pretty high up on the inglorious garbage heap. How could such an iconic DC character sustain such a massive critical and commercial pounding, given such a rich history and the production's prestigious pedigree? How could a $200 million movie with a bona fide star and a proven big-budget director end up being one of the campiest, corniest, and colossally castigated comic book flicks ever made? Well, it's a long and complicated story. Green Lantern spent over a decade trying to get off the ground, going through various concepts, rebooted ideas, creative talent, and so on. When filming finally officially started, the screenplay was incomplete, and the cast wasn't entirely in place. There was significant studio interference and an irreparable rift between the star and director during the entire shoot. For all the time, money, and painstaking effort, Green Lantern went on to become a box office flop. So slip into your best CGI suit and take a look at what the fuck happened to this movie. In 1997, Warner Brothers, the owners of DC Comics and their stable of characters, had approached indie filmmaker Kevin Smith for a big-screen adaptation of Green Lantern. Smith had already taken a swing at a DC superhero with a draft of the famously unproduced Superman Lives, but he declined the Green Lantern offer, feeling that others might be more suitable for the project. Quentin Tarantino was subsequently approached to write and direct the film, but passed to focus on making Kill Bill. The project languished in development purgatory for a few years, until it was revived as a potential action comedy. In 2004, SNL and Conan O'Brien writer Robert Smigel penned a Green Lantern script tailored to the comedic stylings of Jack Black. The actor would play the lead role of Judd Plato, a slacker who gets chosen for the ring despite a stunning lack of heroic qualities. The screenplay was loaded with crass humor with Judd selfishly using his new powers to do things like enhance his genitals or fabricate his own Britney Spears for personal use. If this idea sounds kind of terrible, it's probably because it was kind of terrible. Perhaps unsurprisingly, Warner Brothers dropped the idea following massive internet backlash. Not long after, the studio offered David Goyer a chance to write and direct either a Flash or Green Lantern adaptation based on the strength of his script for Batman Begins. But Goyer passed on both, leaving the project to collect dust again. At one point, Zack Snyder was approached to direct, but he declined due to his commitment adapting Watchmen to the big screen. Snyder would eventually go on to helm three other DC superhero movies, and even solicited Ryan Reynolds to return in a cameo as Green Lantern for his four-hour director's cut of Justice League. In 2007, actor Corey Reynolds, who had been co-starring on the popular crime drama The Closer, turned in a spec script based on his favorite Green Lantern character, Jon Stewart, entitled Green Lantern, Birth of a Hero. Reynolds pitched the studio for a trilogy that he would write and star in as Stewart, with plans to introduce Hal Jordan in sequels. After positive feedback from Warner Brothers, Birth of a Hero was given a tentative 2010 release date. But just four months later, the studio suddenly scrapped Reynolds' idea and immediately hired Greg Berlanti to co-write and direct Green Lantern. Warner Brothers confidently proceeded to approve a trilogy Berlanti recruited comic book scribes Mark Guggenheim and Michael Green to help write the script. Unfortunately, a draft of one of their completed scripts was leaked on the internet in 2008, revealing Hal Jordan's origin story and setting up Hector Hammond as his archenemy. Berlanti's script also featured cameo appearances from Clark Kent and fellow Green Lanterns Guy Gardner and Alan Scott, setting up a large-scale Justice League crossover. 
However, once the script was spoiled online, Berlanti stepped down as director, but he ultimately received screenplay and producer credits, although he would later go on record claiming that he was fired from the movie and, quote, had nothing to do with the finished product. Of course, Berlanti got his own superhero success story by subsequently running the CW's shared universe of DC Comics characters, affectionately dubbed the Arrowverse, featuring a slew of popular small-screen series like The Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, and more. And somewhere in the middle of all that, Mad Max director George Miller was busy gathering DC's heavy hitters for the movie Justice League Mortal, which would feature rapper Common as the Jon Stewart version of Green Lantern, unrelated to any of the others in development, just to make things even more confusing. But a Hollywood writer's strike delayed production, and then the massive success of 2008's The Dark Knight convinced the studio to focus on solo superhero movies instead. Once again, a live-action version of any Green Lantern character was left drifting in the void. Following Greg Berlanti's directorial departure, Warner Brothers hired Martin Campbell, most famous for his spectacular James Bond films Goldeneye and Casino Royale. At the time, three drafts of the Green Lantern script by Berlanti, Green, and Guggenheim were submitted for Campbell to draw from. The studio slated Green Lantern for a December 2010 release date, but when production woes continued to mount, the date was pushed back to June 2011. One of the biggest challenges with Green Lantern stemmed from the casting process. In the beginning, several high-profile names were in the running to play human hero Hal Jordan. Sam Worthington and Chris Pine were considered for the role early in the process. In July 2009, four actors screen-tested for the part. Ryan Reynolds, Bradley Cooper, Jared Leto, and Justin Timberlake. While Reynolds obviously got the job, Martin Campbell has stated in interviews that Bradley Cooper was his one and only choice to play the part. However, the studio never offered the role to Cooper. More nefariously, Warner Brothers allegedly signed Reynolds to a contract behind the director's back, leading to a major point of contention that would bleed into the rest of the tumultuous production. Campbell would not only be at odds with Warner Brothers for the duration of the project, but he and Reynolds constantly clashed with each other while filming as well. As for the supporting cast, several actors were considered for the role of romantic lead Carol Ferris, including Jennifer Garner, Eva Green, Diane Kruger, and Carrie Russell, before Blake Lively was cast, which ended up being a life-altering role as she met her future husband. Peter Sarsgaard joined the production as scientist Hector Hammond, and for the role of his senator father, Robert Hammond, Kevin Kline was considered, before Tim Robbins was cast a month into production. Future Marvel director and rock alien Taika Waititi joined as Hal's engineer friend. As for fellow Lantern and planned future villain Sinestro, Jackie Earl Haley and Jeffrey Rush were both in contention before Mark Strong won the role. Oddly enough, Rush would later join the cast as alien Tomar Ray. With a staggering $200 million budget, Warner Brothers planned to begin principal photography on Green Lantern in November of 2009 at Fox Studios Australia. But the start was delayed and the production moved to Louisiana in March 2010. Principal photography officially commenced in New Orleans, standing in for Hal's fictitious homeland of Coast City, California. Problems accrued as soon as filming began. First off, the full cast wasn't even in place until well after filming was underway. Angela Bassett was cast as Amanda Waller nine days after principal photography began, and Jeffrey Rush joined the cast during reshoots. Additional actors, such as John Tenney as young Hal Jordan's father, continued to join the cast during the film's shoot. The script was constantly reworked as cameras rolled. However, the much bigger issue was how Campbell and Reynolds continuously quarreled while making the movie, leading to the director publicly undermining the star at nearly every turn. 
Reynolds' performance was constantly criticized by Campbell on set, causing a toxic environment and lack of collaboration that translated to the big screen. A few months into filming, Reynolds also sustained a separated shoulder while performing stunts, adding injury to insult and another reason why he ended up loathing the production. Principal photography on Green Lantern officially wrapped on August 6, 2010, but Campbell expressed concern over the extensive elaborate special effects work still required in post-production. Warner Brothers also announced plans to jump on board the 3D fad, necessitating a poor post-conversion process that decreased the overall quality. In January of 2011, the studio ordered several weeks of reshoots to add crucial scenes into the film. This was the time Oscar winner Jeffrey Rush was added to the cast to voice the role of Tomar Ray, one of the computer-generated members of the Green Lantern Corps. Three months later, Michael Clark Duncan was hired to voice the role of Kilowog, another fan-favorite member of the Green Lantern Corps. Speaking of CGI, one of the more criticized elements of the movie is Green Lantern's awkwardly cartoonish superhero suit, which was initially designed to be a practical costume enhanced by CGI. But due to the filmmaker's desire to avoid the conventional costume materials that were already prominent among the superhero tableau, the entire costume was digitally generated. With just two months left to hit its June release target, Warner Brothers also funneled an additional $9 million to the FX budget to ensure the movie would land on its prime summer weekend. Throughout the entire post-production and editing process, Campbell was reportedly subverted by Warner Brothers. According to an unnamed source close to production, the final cut of the film is very much the studio's and not Martin Campbell's, with a ton of connective elements left on the cutting room floor. Character development was sacrificed for CGI. Green Lantern opened on June 17, 2011, premiering in first place with $53 million, and then rapidly plummeting to finish with $116 million domestic and a worldwide total of $219 million a far shot from the estimated $500 million gross it would require for a sequel to even be considered. If that hadn't been sufficient to kill the plans for a trilogy, the critical evisceration and fan response would take care of that. To quote the Lantern's oath, the character's cinematic future was more blackest night than brightest day. The movie currently holds a 26% critical average on Rotten Tomatoes, with Variety's Justin Chang saying, Martin Campbell's visually lavish sci-fi adventure is a highly unstable alloy of the serious, the goofy, and the downright derivative. Associated Press's Christy Lemire labeled the film a joyless amalgamation of expository dialogue and special effects that aren't special. British publication The Daily Telegraph listed Green Lantern as one of the 10 worst movies of the year. Given the major disparities between the comics and the film version, longtime Green Lantern loyalists were just as irate and unimpressed by the finished product. Fans lambasted the altered villains of Hector Hammond and Parallax, the clumsy handling of Sinestro, the truncated training, the ineffective Lantern Corps, and a general lack of creativity in the hero. Jordan's ring can physically manifest anything he can imagine, and yet most of what he comes up with is mundane vehicles, guns, and big hands. Following the critical and commercial failure of the film, Ryan Reynolds told Variety that he was relieved the film did poorly, as the experience was so upsetting that he feared having to do it again in the planned sequels. Years later, Reynolds bluntly told Empire Magazine, You really need a visionary behind a movie like that, but it was the classic studio story. We have a poster, but we don't have a script or know what we want. Let's start shooting. Of course, Reynolds got the last laugh by leaving Green Lantern behind and poking fun at the mess as Wade Wilson in the far more successful Deadpool movies. And somehow, plans for another Green Lantern adaptation wouldn't stay quiet for very long. 
In 2015, Warner Brothers unveiled plans to reboot the property with an ensemble film entitled Green Lantern Corps, which the studio optimistically tagged with a 2020 release date. Obviously, that project fell into a development black hole. Now, with Warner Brothers scrambling to create content for their HBO Max streaming service, they have announced plans for a 10-episode Green Lantern series from writers Mark Guggenheim and Seth Graham Smith. The show will reportedly feature Jordan along with Kilowog, Sinestro, Guy Gardner, and Alan Scott among the Lanterns, and it will, unsurprisingly, have no connection to the 2011 movie. As for that expensive, emerald-colored Ryan Reynolds fiasco, the disappointing reception can be attributed to conflicting creative agendas, an untenable relationship between director and star, an over-reliance on tacky CGI, hasty backstory, disappearing characters, a giant evil fear cloud, and perhaps most importantly, a Hal Jordan who just doesn't really seem worthy to wield the ring of Green Lantern. Thank you for watching. If you like what you see, please subscribe to our Joe Blow Videos channel, tell your friends who like this sort of content, and turn on the bell to receive notifications for all our latest videos. We are an independent company, and we appreciate your support.